This week's episode of the Cloudcast is brought to you by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast, coming to you live from the massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, took about a week off. We had to do some, some renovations here in the in the Cloudcast studios. Just me tonight. Uh, off in Barcelona, he uh, recorded about five or six shows from DockerCon. So you guys will have a whole bunch of shows uh, to listen to over the Thanksgiving break. Uh, probably did five or six different uh, little short ones for you. So a bunch of bunch of ten minute ones, a uh, bunch of interesting stuff coming from DockerCon. But tonight, uh, tonight's kind of cool. You know, Aaron and I have always said. You know, we've, we've always had a list of, of companies and people and stuff that we've always wanted on the show. And, and sometimes some work out really, really easily and others take a while. So uh, first time in five years that we've had uh, the good folks from, from Microsoft on. And uh, tonight we're very lucky. Uh, Jeremy Winter, who is uh, Principal Group Program Manager for of the Microsoft uh, Operations Management Service. I, I keep looking at my notes and calling it MOMS and I'm going, you know, we're going to have to talk about the acronyms of this because acronyms are always fun to name. But Jeremy, welcome to the show, man. Excited to have you on. Yeah, no problem. Nice to nice to be on the show. So, um, you know, you and I were were kind of talking a little bit before the show. Uh, it's a different Microsoft. Um, give us a little bit of your background because you've been there for a long time. Um, you've worked on a bunch of really cool stuff. I mean, you were working on operations for things like Hotmail way back in the day. Two decades. Give us a sense of of your background, <laughs> and then you know what's going on at Microsoft these days because man, it's changing really fast. Yeah, it, Brian, it really is. It feels like a completely different company than, say, even the last 10 years. Um, it, it almost feels, I'd even say, a little more um, little more exciting than when I first started. I first started back in 97, developer, um, just writing code nonstop. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were just writing code, working with the customers, and driving through cool features and products. Um, a lot of it was on-premises, and my big thing was I just love large distrib- distributed systems. And so, you know, being the Internet at heart and these large distributed systems, I jumped over into the our MSN and Windows Live world where I just got a lot of, ex- uh, you know, got a fun time to go work against things like Hotmail, as you mentioned, um, Live ID and Passport. You know, we ran some pretty big services for the back in the day, and we learned a lot um, as we were just, you know, building these things out and having to have – these huge environments, you know, from a data center all the way up to the hardware to, you know, 300 million plus customers running on on our on parts of our service, and, you know, you start to kind of learn things at scale, and you start to think about how to bring the the operations environment where you just got to have faster environments and you got to be moving fast, and so then, you know, we jumped over or I jumped over into the management space, which is just near and dear to my heart because as we were running these large services, that efficiency was just so important. And the, the challenges as we were thinking about, like, how do I get the visibility in all these environments? And I'm running Sun Gear and Linux Gear and Windows Gear. And so, you know, it's just a, a natural fit for me as I jumped over to the management space, spent some time with the system center business and product, did a lot of little innovations there. But wow, has it changed, uh, I'd say, since Satya really came in and really changed the culture here. And really what he did is just kind of opened the air for us, um, especially for some of the teams that are doing these startups around Azure and the services. And so we're just 
we're 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 free. We're running deep and fast with the customers, and we're just learning and listening to the pain. And you know, a lot of times now, when I go down to the valley and I meet with some of the other startups, and they talk about their lean, it's we're we're there. We're moving fast. I mean. My team de- delivered uh, 348 releases to the service last month, um, and they just they check in real time and right to the service. So it's pretty fun. And uh, man, the energy here is 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 also just really exhilarating from um, where I saw it 10 years ago. So yeah, definitely different company. No, that's that's cool. I, I you know I think a lot of us um, you know, from, from an outsider's perspective, we, you know, we, we would look at Microsoft Tom sometimes and, and some announcements come out and they would go, well, we, we kind of like Linux and we kind of, but, but man, the last two years, it's been, it, it's the, the way I kind of characterize it is, is I kind of go, you know, there was, there was always kind of two ways that they would kind of go, there's the internet native people. And then there's kind of the Microsoft way. Of it. You know, it was whatever it was. And, and nowadays I kind of go, you know, they finally, and I, and I think a lot of it has to do with Satya and, and his kind of mindset coming from the online services. Is, um, you know, you guys basically go like, look, that's, you know, everybody kind of does things that way. And, and we have a ton, I mean, cause Microsoft Redmond has always had tons and tons of technology that was, that was somewhere, you know, people would tell you, well, it's over in building, whatever, these guys are working on stuff. And, and it feels like you guys have finally gotten to a point where it's like, we're going to go be competitive in all these spaces. We're not going to let technology kind of bog it, you know, like kind of technology religions bog you down. And it's cool. It's because at, at your scale, um, you know, really big things can happen, which is, which is very, very cool. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned System Center. Um, lots of people know System Center, uh, you know, hugely popular, uh, you know, data center management tool. Anybody? Microsoft environments has that uh, it's expanded. Um, where does, where does, uh, operations, uh, management server, you know, system, where does that fit in with system center? Kind of give us the, the blueprint map of, of where all these different. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I get the opportunity to oversee and work with a lot of the teams that develop these management technologies. I'm um, just being on point for the overall product strategy and development and how we think about these is system center. Um, tried and true platform that you know runs on many 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 customers uh, across all the industries have this and have had it for you know well over a decade. Uh, this is our, our our continued main staple for how we think about management in the traditional environment, and uh, we continue to invest in this space and make sure it's there for our customers as they build in that on-premises world. But man, what I saw was just this big shift that was coming down the line for how we think about, you know, management all up in this world of of speed that really is needed. I've got a bunch of new technologies coming out and a bunch of different ways that people are doing as they think about it is, do I move to the cloud? Do I have to think about having all this gear to manage my environment or is there a simpler way? And so what we started to go do is look at modernizing the management stack um, and that's where this OMS capability started to started to breathe, you know, come to life. And when we think about modernizing the management stack, the real goal there was to start looking at, look, as workloads are moving to the cloud or as customers start to really want a more simplified way for management, they're going to look to IT as a service. Yep. And so this is a core area where we started to say, we need to make sure we're a leader in this space and not follow the normal paths of some of the other um, technologies out there. Let's go blaze a direction. Let's take IT management to the cloud and uh, let's start pushing that direction. And so what we started is we really started with, uh, I, I set out a set of, of startups that went out. 
thinking about how we do automation from the cloud. How do we do backup and continuity and site recovery from the cloud? What about analytics and how do all of these technologies as startups start to change the shape? And so how it fits in with System Center is it allows our System Center customers to start to take advantage. They can sit with the technology they have inside their on-premises and start to take advantage of some of these technologies that are way more efficient and at times much, much more cheaper um, for them using their existing system center base. Yep. You know, I'd hear from customers like, man, I really want to start taking advantage of analytics. And they want these really advanced ways of being able to pull all the information or get all the logs off their machines. And so what we did is we connected it, being able to leverage system center, and you can connect to the cloud and have um, our analytics back end be able to start to take all this information in. And it kind of changes, well, it doesn't kind of, it really changes the game for how we think about how someone manages their environment fall up. But we didn't stop there. So you could think about it as it's a system center today where we're starting to have the advantage of connecting to the OMS and the, and the services we built. But OMS also, the, the operations management suite and the services within it, also allow you to connect back to your on-premises environment if you don't have system center. And so this is the next step as we start to modernize our environment. Whether you have System Center and you want to work with it with the new tech, or you want to go directly and leverage the cloud services um, direct, we've given it both ways. Okay. So so help me. So I'm, I'm trying to connect some dots here. So um, one of the things I, when I look at Microsoft today, I, I, you know, you hear over and over from people, customers want hybrid cloud, which to me always means, Look, we've got a ton of stuff that we that we have to deal with. We've got legacy. We've got existing applications. Some of them we might modernize. And then, you know, the business is changing. We're going to do some new things. And, you know, they're they're ultimately trying to figure out, okay, which what, what runs on-prem? What do I leverage the cloud for? How do I take advantage of the cloud? And 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 Microsoft is is probably the only company that has both of those pieces sort of distinct footprints today, right? There's some other people that yep. do pieces very distinct footprint. What, what OMS does, help me understand this, am I able to, because I, I know from looking at the demonstrations and looking at things, I can, I can manage resources in either place, on-prem or, or in Azure, um, but does it also give me the ability, for example, like logging where I'm collecting tons and tons of data to, to ship that and use some of the more advanced Azure types of services as well, or is that, is that maybe not? Um, yeah, no, you can take, so you can use the OMS components today to ship and get all your logging up into the cloud. And then what that allows you to do is start to take advantage of the analytics that we've done. So, um, you know, and you get to take advantage of some of the power that we have with the scale of Azure. So I can allow customers if they need seven days of log retention or if they wanted to go, you know, two years, we've got hot and cold storage and we've got the infrastructure underneath it that the customer doesn't ever have to worry about. Um, we just take care of that for them. Um, so then you'll see when you start to think about machine learning and other aspects that are other elements of the Azure services, of course, over the, you, you can leverage the, the power of these technologies over time uh, as well as they start to come into the service. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's really powerful, right? That, that's where I kind of, when I, when I look at a lot of the, the different companies that are offering this, you know, I... I always cringe a little bit when people go, well, uh, you know, we can help you with hybrid cloud, but yet we don't run our own cloud. So, you know, I always cringe yeah. a little bit because I go, there is so, and you, you, you mentioned this early on, there is so much learning that goes on at scale. There's so much that you just don't get, you don't run highly automated environments that, 
that aren't rapidly changing. And, um, and, and for you guys to be able to bring that either to an Azure customer, you know, native Azure customer or a, or a native on-prem customer or both, like that learning curve is really, really powerful. And I think people underestimate, you know, how long it takes to get that learning curve by itself and then to yeah, and so, uh, you know, to share on that a little bit, this is one of the benefits, not only just for my teams as we think about management from the cloud, but even on the core operating system. I mean, the Azure team and our operating systems teams are working directly together. But to make drive the point home, that, to kind of show you what my teams also deliver, um, we work hand-in-hand hand on our Azure, with our Azure teams, uh, clear to the point that I have parts of our team that are delivering the Azure V2 uh, UI. And so I'm delivering back to the Azure team for that new UI they have. And we launched earlier today, the Azure team launched the service fabric. And the service fabric, we work with them to instrument so that all that information is now flowing back into OMS. Um, so it's these types of the elements that really are, are beneficial to my engineering teams, which then move downstream to the customers as well, because you're spot on. We're running, an, we're running the Azure service. We're having to manage the Azure service and build with the Azure service. And then we can bring those lessons to our own services as we reach them back into the customer. So, so OMS, I mean, those startups, Azure Automation, it's been um, one of the core elements of now inside OMS. We spent a good year and a half building our Azure Automation directly with Azure before we went ahead and moved it to the hybrid to reach back into on-premises environments. Um, it was it was a calculated uh, investment for us to go start with the cloud on that front, and that was very much the same with our backup and disaster recovery. Yeah, no, it makes it makes sense because you're you're dealing with things at, at scale when where scale is the most important thing. And yeah, um, talk a little bit about because um, because OMS is is uh, it's different different in that same sense of the new Microsoft like. Uh, supports physical, virtual, supports containers, right? tons of stuff going on with like Microsoft and Docker and Microsoft and Mesos and um, supports OpenStack, supports Linux, like things that, you know, a few years ago, people would have just gone, well, those aren't Microsoft technology. Like talk about how you guys now think about all those technologies. Do you just look at them and go, it's just stuff people want, so we're going we're gonna to add it? Or, or how do you think about, you know, not being sort of technology or being technology? Yeah, no, I think this is an important shift, especially for, for the management business. You're also seeing it with the Azure business with the, you know, a week or so ago, we did an announcement with Red Hat. Yep. And that, that really just shows we're making sure that our environments or our technologies can run the technologies that our customers have. And it's not, we realize and we, we you know, we recognize and if, if anyone's taking management seriously, you're going to have to look at these environments that are heterogeneous. They're going to have multiple systems in there, multiple operating systems, multiple devices, multiple network devices. You're maybe even have multiple, well, I know, you're going to have multiple management tools, yep. right? You're going to have, typically we'll see even tools for the Windows environment for monitoring, and you may have something like Nagios that's monitoring inside your Linux environment. Sure. And so what we're doing is making sure we understand our customers' environments are heterogeneous. We want to make sure that we can help from a management perspective, give you that functionality for both visibility and control across both of those, uh, both of those technology stacks. Yep. Uh, and so that's a big shift um, that, you, that I'm, you know, I'm hoping people are recognizing. It's going to take time because Microsoft's known for Microsoft. Right. And uh, it's going to take some time for us to get out and participate in the communities. 
um, and for folks to really start to realize uh, that we will we will and are taking our uh, our other technologies out there seriously. Yeah. So one of the things um, we're in an interesting time because technology is moving so fast these days, and there's a lot of people who you know look at it, they look at certain new technologies, and they go, "Man, that that looks really cool." Um, but, but getting it up and running is, is tough, right? It's, you know, you've got to make it work. You've got to learn the skill. You've got to, you know, and a lot of times you've got to sort of change how you do operations. Um, you know, you, you know, you just talked about this early on, you guys did 300, uh, to, you know, live running code. I mean, that's not something, you know, that's not patch Tuesday anymore, right? That's a different sort of DevOps continuous integration. Give me a couple of examples of what's in OMS, that might help customers who are going, look, I know this is, is all new, there's new stuff, but, but that sort of helps them move along faster. Yeah. Um, when I think about it, and, you know, you kind of look at it as there's a lot of change and there's a lot of stuff moving fast. And I got to tell you, I look at that as it's just really exciting because, okay. I mean, when I was in the operations, like direct with running the pager and having to handle the services, Boy, it just felt like technology in the IT space was just kind of either you were building it yourself or, or it just wasn't there um, for some of us on the cutting edge back then. And, um, man, now there's just so many startups and so much technology flying from the open source communities and the other big vendors that it is just it's crazy and pretty cool just to see all this new tech that's out there. So, I mean, I, I did a trip out. Um, I did a trip in Europe last spring and. I walked away just and just wowed on the amount of tech that everyone was starting to go push, whether it was um, containers or other solutions that were out there, just the microservices. And it's just, there's a lot of stuff out there that's changing the game. So that on one side, I'm just like, man, how cool is that for IT to just have all these new tech out there? Now, when I think about to get to your point on OMS, okay, so things are moving fast. They're moving real fast. Um, And so First off, I, I think about a, a story that we I just was in Chicago with a customer, um, and they and when I told them the OMS story and we demoed it, the feedback from one of the fellows, um, his name was Mike, says, hey, now I've heard this before, and it takes like six months for us to go do a proof of concept and really get this going. So how, how, I mean, how many months will it take us to do this? And I was like, oh, well, wait, Mike, we can do this in minutes. And so what I, I literally, you can sign up for free using the, uh, on OMS, you can sign up for free and literally within, I'd say 15 to 30 minutes, you can be up with logs in your environment and you can start to look across where your top errors, your top issues are. Yeah. And so just that notion of IT as a service just really helps you just quickly be able to get up and running, I think is one factor of just like, you know, how does that help with the complexity of the environment? You don't have to go... You know, in the past, you'd have to go find some capital budget, some hardware that's laying around, go get some software procured, um, you know, put in the CD or download the components and off you go. And and now you don't have to do that anymore. Um, We've made it real easy for the system center customers. They can go right into like operations manager and connect to OMS with already the machines that they're under management and choose which ones you want. Send, you know, up, connect into the cloud and take advantage of that. The other area I think that really helps, and you mentioned this DevOps world, um, this is where you start to see some pretty cool ability to troubleshoot. So now you've got all this information flying together, and it's a convergence of all this data. I've got data coming from different tool sets, data coming from all my logs, uh, data coming from my developers that have instrumented code. 
Now I can start to quickly troubleshoot and look across all this information. No more finger pointing, no more having to remote into boxes to go see if where the, you know, if you've got a security issue with event 4672, you, you don't have to go do this all manually anymore. You can literally group and query and look across all this information and start to see like, wow, this is where my issue is. This is the box. And these are the people that have changed those all because we're this, nervous center of information and this convergence of data, um, both from a security or an IT change, compliance view, or just a troubleshooting. And so that, I think, is one of those pieces that we've really challenged the team is listen to our customers and listen to what, they try to, what they're really trying to solve. What's the pain? What can they, what, you know, if it really is I'm trying to troubleshoot faster or I'm trying to remediate some of the tasks faster, then you have automation or you have the analytics to be able to do it at your fingertips. Yeah. So we think we need, and so that's kind of how I think as, as everything's moving faster, it's not a go replace all your existing tool sets. It's like, how do you start to go work in an environment that is, is real and evolving? And so that's what we're doing as well. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's powerful. I, and we're seeing this all over the place. People are finally realizing you've got to take getting these tools in people's hands, getting them running, getting, um, you know, it's, it's gotta be, you know, basically frictionless to get the software and, and people want stuff doing something within an hour or 30 minutes. Otherwise they're like, I'm too busy or there's other options. Um, yeah. it's, it's yeah, yeah. you know, um, so want to, want to, I, I want to sort of, for anybody who isn't sort of in the Microsoft world every day, they're hearing tons of announcements and sometimes it's, it's, Microsoft and then whatever it is. And sometimes it's Azure. And what's the most common, I don't know, mistake that you hear from people as they're trying to figure out the difference, like an on-premises tool, an Azure tool, something that, that manages the hybrid, like what's the simplest way for somebody to go like, Oh, okay. That's the naming scheme or that's the tool I use. For give me the, give me the most basic way to think. Well, I think when, I'm out, so I spend quite a bit of time out with the customers. So I think what I'm seeing them doing is really, they're, they're still at a stage where they're used to traditional names and traditional tool sets, um, like a system center or a Microsoft. And, and they relate that to my, uh, my other, my stuff that I've been running the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about Azure, um, or we're talking about are these recent announcements around um, the security, for example, we did a secure, we just did an announcement around security earlier this week. Um, all of these elements still work back and forth between your on-premises environment. And it's, it's our goal to help the, the customer realize that they don't have to stay only in an on-premises world. They can start to bridge towards the cloud. Okay. So it's really, but the other thing I noticed is, some, yeah, and that's tough. I mean, those it, it's it's not an easy thing. I mean, this is why we've seen it struggle for the course of the last three, you know, I'd say five years is go build a private cloud. They're tough. And uh, go run those private clouds. And it takes a change in your tooling, a change in your processes. And um, so that's why we've got a variety of different technologies, both where we're at, uh, the existing traditional environments we've had, and then where we're headed. And we're helping you bring that bridge so I keep kind of seeing a set of customers that'll say, oh, Microsoft only in the on-premises world and only in my, you know, traditional workloads I'm used to seeing. Um, and, then I, and then I also will see it as either that or it's, well, Microsoft and Azure and OMS, you're pushing us to the cloud. 
um, fully. And it's like, look, that's not the case. The case is we're, we're a partner with you to be able to give you both sides of, of where you're at and help you migrate over time. And I mean, we've done quite a bit. We just did an announcement yesterday on a ton. Just go take a look at some of the Visual Studio announcements on what we're doing to enable the open source uh, community. Man, it is, we just want to help empower and make sure you've got Visual Studio Express and the different pieces there to really go empower those, you know, that new, that new development model yep. um, to make sure, you know, to really to be there where our customers are. So it's definitely a new, com- new, new, new company and a, and, a, and a ton of energy putting into to helping customers both where they are with their traditional um, and the on-premises requirements for those that have, that need that. And then on, as well to, to just really start to take, take advantage of the cloud. Yeah. Now you talk about last couple of Docker things, uh, Mark has gotten up and, and, and shown demonstrations and just kind of the seamlessness between here's Docker running on Windows and here's Docker running in, running in Linux and here it is running in Windows and here it is working with Visual Studio and here it is running. And it's just, it is, it's powerful. Yeah. It, it lets people go like, uh, this might not be the right thing to say, but like it, it's kind of to the point where it's like the operating system is, is less important or less of a factor anymore and, and the application becomes more powerful. And the tools are built around, you know, enabling where the application, which is very, very cool. Um, so yeah, I think. Go ahead. I was going to say you, you just have such fluidity now with the guests. Yeah. You're going to choose the guests that you're using, and you're going to want that fluid to where it needs to run, whether back on premises, um, or back up in the cloud. And you're going to want to think about different clouds that they run. So definitely, those operating systems and the guests are being more fluid. Um, and, and we, you know, and we, as many others recognize that. Yeah. So and that's, and that's great yeah. for developers. It's one less dependency they have to think. Um, so let me, let me ask you one last question. We'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, you know, I was reading through some of the announcements around, uh, around OMS and, and one of the things that you really highlighted was you said, um, you know, not only did the product get built very quickly, and so you guys have shifted how you you know, how you're developing, and so, but you said, you know, we we took feedback from customers differently. We were getting feedback more frequently. We, give us a sense of like, what's what's the new type of feedback you're getting from customers? What are the what are the problems that maybe you're hearing from them? A couple of years. Um, what, what's the customer side of, you know, seeing you guys make all your. Okay. Well. Um... I don't, I wonder if the new feedback isn't the same feedback. It just, whether we were listening to the right direction or other, other, other companies were listening as well. So I'll give myself a bit of the, like, maybe they were already having these problems and we weren't fully listening. So I'll give you that kind of first, like, hmm, maybe I'm just listening differently. Some of the things that I heard, um, and here's the approach we've, we've taken different, we've, we've taken a little differently. And it's been hard for our customers at first because I would call in to say, well, I'll call into a few different customers and they would say, all right, tell me what your product is. Yeah. And I would have to tell them and say, look, look, I'm not here to pitch a product. I'm not here to pitch a concept. I just want to hear what your top problems are. And then we would start fishing with them on just listening to them on what are their concerns? What are the challenges that they're facing? And when we would drill down and test and look for, we had ideas, but we wouldn't lead with those. We would literally go test the hypothesis and do it with many, many customers. Literally, if I want a feature in an area, my teams need to talk to over 40 customers and listen to them before they can walk in and say, I want to go build X. 
Now, that's not, hey, I had an idea and I want to go create X or Y, and then I'm going to go find two or three major customers that want it and then say, you know, customer X needs this, let's go do it. We literally go spend the time to iterate with these customers, and it takes a lot of phone calls and a lot of, of surveying and discussions. Um, but to me, it really helps us refine down to just what is it that our customers need us to solve. Um, and I really want our customers to be able to like walk over hot coals to be able to get this because it makes their life so much better. And so that's what we've been pushing to the team is just listen to the customer. Don't jam a bunch of technology down. What is it that they're trying to do? And we've done some pretty creative things. I mean, I've been, um, we've had uh, registers picked up news articles from the surveys we've done, um, tried to figure, you know, you know, I've had news articles about new products that are ideas. And, and these are just us out testing concepts in a pretty, uh, you know, new approach. And then we've seen, um, yeah, and then I've even, like, for example, we wanted to really go understand some of our Linux customers. And so I literally flew them. I We picked folks around the, the globe, and we flew them here to Redmond uh, for literally a two-day listening session. And again, in our garage, we have garages here for how we think about our startups internally. And so in our garage, we brought them here. Um, put them up in a hotel, listened to them for two days, took them out to dinner. And again, just the, the feedback we get is they're blown away that we would want to bring them here and just let my teams, once we've, we've narrowed down where we want, let my teams listen and be obsessed with the customer so that we know what the right thing to build is. And then even then, if it's not the right thing, we'll go build it, drop it out there. So we'll use it with customers or we'll build it with customers. And if we drop it and it's wrong, it's okay. It's we'll turn it back. We'll stop it. We'll try it again because it's cloud. Yep, you go fast. Absolutely. So it's, we've done fe- we've done. Sorry, to cut you off, Brian. We've done, we've done features that just were proven that, you know, hey, these the customers loved them, but when we dropped them out, they didn't drive any of the any of the indicators that we needed for the business. And so we've stopped, listened, and repivoted. Yeah, no, that that's powerful stuff. I mean, it's, it's you're building you're building tools that work across private. You're building sort of very hybrid capable tools. They, they work across a bunch of different technologies, open source, is, you know, kind of a, a nasty word out there. It's, it's active contributions. It's, it's powerful stuff that you're doing. And just, I mean, just, just the fact that you're saying, look, um, we're doing, you know, literally hundreds of, of updates, which means we're, we're leveraging the cloud model. We're leveraging agile development. Uh, we're, we're listening to our customers. Um, it's, it's a lot of very, very cool stuff going on there. The scale that Microsoft can deliver. Um, listen, I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate the time. What's the best place for people that, uh, you know, either want to reach out to you and, and uh, I don't know, stalk you online or ask you a question or, or the best place to go, you know, trial out, uh, trial out OMA? I think the fastest thing you can do is go out to the, the OMS website. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Microsoft.com slash OMS. Out there, we've got um, all the blogs, all the documentation. You can get connected with my teams through there because we're watching and listening real time. Um, you'll also reach out. You'll see um, in there in the product, we've got user voice. So you can also connect up through us through user voice. Give us the feedback, and you'll see our teams are interacting directly within it. 
Awesome. Good stuff. And uh, we've got some things in the show notes. Uh, Jeremy does a ton of stuff with Microsoft's Channel 9. So if you guys want to watch stuff on video, we'll have that in the show notes as well. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on tonight, uh, folks. Um, you know, thanks, as always, for listening. Um, thanks for supporting uh, what we're doing with the Krispy Kreme stuff. And uh, for Aaron, who will be back next week with all the shows from, uh, from Barcelona. Thanks and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.